thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad you're here, and Merry Christmas to you. This Sunday is the third Sunday of Advent. And the Advent season, as we've been talking over the past few weeks, is that time of preparation that directs our hearts and minds to Christ's second coming at the end of it all, but also to the anniversary of our Lord's birth on Christmas. And so today is the reminder this morning that He has come and He will come and He's faithful to His promise of coming. And this morning we're going to read a text today to help us kind of get all on the same page for the season of Advent and it's going to help apply to what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to read this morning, and I apologize I didn't give you this one in the back, guys. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 14, just a quick verse real quick. It says this, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. And this is what Advent is all about, that God has come. He came in flesh. He's not just the God that we talked about and we prayed to. Now God has proved Himself faithful by putting on flesh and coming among us. And to really grasp what we're going to talk about today, we're going to go and read Matthew chapter 1. The text about the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, the Bible says that now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. And when his mother had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to the public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I love how Joseph and even the kind of moments of getting ready to the Bible says, just as he had resolved, an angel appeared and spoke to him in a dream. And not only just in a dream, but pulled up the words from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 that says those words right there, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. And he had spoke about Jesus being the Savior, but now he spoke that he's not just the Savior, he is God among us, living in our presence right now here in this place. And today we're going to talk about something that is going to help us kind of live our lives. And we're going to look at the story of an unusual character who's not really a Christmas story character, but is one whose story proves the principle we're going to talk about today. And today I want to talk to you about the Emmanuel principle. The Emmanuel principle. Just as Isaiah said, God's name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
And to hear that God's name is Emmanuel is a cultural disruption, especially in this historical context, because God was to be, was to be kept at a distance. You could not come into the presence of a God in this time, in this, this context, especially talking about, if you just want an example, the Egyptians who, or even Caesar, who kind of considered themselves to be God. God was very above and mighty, and he wasn't willing to come and be among the people. But now... Now, our God, this, this God that we're talking about, Jesus, the Son of God, His name is Emmanuel, God is with us. And so when this was revealed that He is to be God with us, this was a kind of a dethroning of all the cultural assumptions about who God was to say He's not who you thought He is. He is actually Emmanuel right now present among us. And, you know, the amazing thing that we're going to understand today as we're talking about the Emmanuel principle is this, is that Jesus' birth did not initiate Emmanuel. God has always been Emmanuel. This just simply, the birth of Jesus was simply the visible representation that now God actually is among us. But the truth of this matter is, is that God had always been with them. And that's what the Emmanuel Principle is that we're going to talk about today, is that the Emmanuel Principle is that God has been with us, God is with us now, and God will always be with us. And you talk, and you say to me, Charlie, I have been in some places that I can assure you, God was not there. But what you're going to discover today in this story that we're going to talk about is that sometimes it's the unusual, unlikely places where we might dismiss God from being present, that even in those places, He is present. And that is really what the Christmas story is all about, is that God was willing to go to a place that no one else was willing to go. He was willing not to just come and be born in the temple, be born in this luxury and royalty. He was being born, willing to be born in a manger on a farm, among the filth of humanity, that's where God was willing to go, where no one else was willing to go. So the Emmanuel principle is this, is that God has been with us, God is with us right now, and God will always be with us. And to fully understand this, as we have kind of been doing over the past few weeks, we're going to look at the story of a Bible, uh, in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 39, about a person who understood Emmanuel, whose life is really a picture of the Emmanuel principle, and that's Joseph. I love Joseph's story as you read in Genesis. You can read throughout Genesis 37 through really to the end of Genesis chapter 50, the story of Joseph. Joseph's story is an admirable one to me because really he faced so much obstacle in his life. He faced so much difficulty in his life. He faced so many challenges. People betrayed him. His own family betrayed him. But yet he still walked with God. And what you're going to see today is that even at the end of it all, he did not blame God. He did not uh, even punish his own family for what they did to him because he understood the Emmanuel principle. And Genesis, we're going to look in today, Genesis 39, we're not going to read at length today, but just a few verses here. One of the things that is remarkable is that every turn in Joseph's life, when something went wrong, the Bible notes, but the Lord was with Joseph. Every time that it seemed like things began to go downhill or some different circumstance changed, the Bible notes, but the Lord was with Joseph. 
And I love how the Bible marks those moments in Joseph's life and these different seasons that he was in that we're going to talk about today because it's often in the emergence of a new season and the emergence of a difficult season, of a challenging season, that sometimes our minds forget that he is Emmanuel. That sometimes it's when things begin to go wrong or when things begin to go bad, or when betrayal sets in, or when things go in a way that just is not right, that we forget that even in those circumstances, He is Emmanuel. And the wonderful thing that you're going to understand about today, about the Emmanuel principle, is that the Emmanuel principle is not a respecter of the seasons of our life. It is a, a statement of fact. Meaning this is it doesn't matter the season or the place that we're in that doesn't change God's presence with us because God has always been pursuing His people. God has always wanted to be with His people and you're going to see this even so true in Joseph's life. And the first place we see this in the season of Joseph's life was when Joseph had been taken after his brothers had set him up and put him and gave him away to be sold into slavery after they had just done him wrong and not just done him wrong but lied to his father about it. Terrible thing they did. Terrible situation they did. And now here Joseph, he ended up from the hands of the Ishmaelites into the hands of the Egyptians and now he was being brought into an unusual place. A difficult place now you'll have to remember today as we're talking about Joseph is that he's in Egypt now and Egypt is not where he's from Egypt is not his home Egypt is a new place Egypt is a place that represents uncertainty Egypt is a place that represents the unknown Egypt is a place that represents the unfamiliar not only was he coming into a place that that looked different and was different, but they spoke a different language. Their culture was different. Their customs were different. They had a pharaoh. They had all of these things that were completely different about life. But yet, here is what the Bible says in Genesis 39 and 1 and 2. Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. But notice what the Bible says, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. The first thing we note about Joseph's life is Joseph goes through many seasons and just, a, or just these years of his life, but this first season was a season of uncertainty. But yet in the season of uncertainty, in the place of unfamiliarity, in the place that he did not recognize, there was something about what the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And not only that, not only was the Lord with Joseph, but he became a successful man. Now, you would think that it would be in a place of uncertainty where I don't know everything that's happening around me, where I don't know the culture, I don't know the customs, I don't know really how to get a footing here where I'm at. You would think that that would be a place of being unsuccessful. But, the tr but what happened was actually the opposite. 
was this was the place where he actually became successful. This was the beginning of the rise of Joseph. But the amazing thing is, is that you'll notice the Emmanuel principle had nothing really to do with Joseph. It was the Lord who caused him to become successful. And, you know, seasons of uncertainty are seasons that you and I enter in, into life all the time. We go into a new place, maybe we start a new job, we start a new career, we start at a new school, we start in a new family situation. There's just these constant seasons that change all the time of our lives. And uncertainty is one of those things that is difficult as people to live in because uncertainty disrupts our patterns of life. Just like we're in, we have been in the past two years, a pandemic. There is all of this uncertainty in the air. It's hard, it has been hard to make plans even a week out, a month out because of the uncertainty. Uncertainty, what you'll note here about Joseph's life is, is that uncertainty was not a deterrent for God's blessing. And it might have seemed like it would have been. It might have seemed like an unfamiliar, strange place, a difficult place, a challenging place. I've been caught up in this place. I don't even know these people. But yet the Lord was with Joseph. And that is the Emmanuel principle, is that even when you and I are uncertain about life, God is certain about life. Even when you and I are uncertain about the path and the direction that's up ahead of us and where we are at, there is one who is certain about it. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And if God is with us in our uncertainty, then you and I can trust the fact that even when it's not uncertain to me, I am with the one right now presently who knows my situation very well. In all of the things that I am uncertain about, He is certain about. All of the things that I can't comprehend in this place, God comprehends and knows them very well in this very place. The Emmanuel principle is this, is that God has always been with us, God is with us, and God will always be with us in seasons of uncertainty. The next place you'll note here is that the Bible goes on to say after Joseph had faced some success and blessed him in the way, now here comes the story of Potiphar's wife who puts him in a trap and tries to cause him to be in a situation that he did not want to be. But Joseph fleeing from the situation, even though he did the right thing, it was brought upon him an accusation that caused him to end up in prison. And the Bible says in Genesis 39 and 21, but the Lord was with Joseph after he had been thrown there in prison and showed him. Notice what the Bible says. The first thing we saw in, 30, in the, the first season of uncertainty was that God made him a successful man. The second thing we see here is that the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer, and the chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever was done there. He was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Now you talk about an unusual situation. That is an unusual situation. What jailer says to the person in prison, you're in charge now. You know, this was really a strange situation, but this is how it happened. But you'll notice that the thing that made this situation different, once again, was the Lord was with Joseph. 
Here he was, he had been going great, things had been wonderful in his life, working up until this moment, even though it was a place of uncertainty. But here he is at a new turn in his life, in a new season of his life, and this was the moment that things could have gone wrong and could have gone bad, but he took note. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. You know, prison for Joseph was not an easy place to be in. It was a place, of course, of difficulty. No one wants to be in prison, but here Joseph was. And really for Joseph, it was, the, it was a season of what could have been hopelessness. Ending up in a place where you don't want to be and really you, he, that he wasn't supposed to be, that he, had, he didn't do anything wrong, it was hopeless. It gave Joseph a sense of, I wonder if I'm ever going to get out of this thing. Here I am at the hand of the Egyptians. They're just tossing me here and there and everywhere. Now Potiphar, he's, he's in charge of me and his wife's the one blaming me. Surely it seemed like a hopeless situation. But the thing is, is that once Joseph took note that the Lord was with Joseph, and the amazing thing about the Bible is, is that it says, showed him steadfast love. You and I, when we get into seasons of hopelessness, those are the seasons where it feels like there is no way out, there is no answer, there is no solution. This is the season that I wonder, how am I going to find the help that I need? How am I going to find the strength that I need, the encouragement I need? You'll notice that the other thing about Joseph's season was it was a season of isolation. There was no one around him to encourage him, to support him, but yet the Lord was with Joseph. The Emmanuel principle is this, is that even in seasons of hopelessness, God makes himself present with us. Even in seasons where I wonder, is this thing ever going to come to an end? Is this thing, is there ever going to be a way out? Even this season went on for a lingering amount of time when Joseph thought that there was going to be somebody who would remember him and go and talk to Pharaoh to get him out. The Bible says that that person, that, that cupbearer, forgot him. Even all of this time, he had thought, maybe this is going to be my answer, holding on to him. Now, will you tell Pharaoh to remember me? The Bible says he forgot him. There is nothing like hopelessness. The Bible teaches us in the books of wisdom that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, what they're saying is, is when you are holding on to hope and that hope doesn't come, it makes you sick. And sometimes it's literal sickness. It's just this sickness to our stomach. Oh my goodness, God. How is this season going to continue on? It's the season of hopelessness in the sense like it feels like darkness just continuing and continuing. When will it ever end? When will it ever come to a close? But the Emmanuel principle is mindful of the fact that even in the seasons where we would not expect God to be present, even in the seasons where we would not expect God to show up, even when the place where it seems like God should not be here, in a manger, among the animals, God is here. The Emmanuel principle is this, is that what I have always assumed and thought where God should be, God defies those expectations and comes to a place where I didn't even think He would come in the first place. It's the season of hopelessness. And you know what the Bible says? He showed him steadfast love. The thing, the, the, the antidote to our hopelessness, the antidote to what we are going through in those moments and those seasons of our lives is God's steadfast love. And there is no better principle of Emmanuel than knowing in my season of hopelessness, God still loves me. 
Oftentimes we would think in the seasons of hopelessness, God doesn't love me. God left me here, abandoned me. He forgot about me. It could have been Joseph could have blamed God and said, God, you forgot me. You put me here in prison. You did this to me. But Joseph didn't do that. Even in this season, Joseph took note. God showed him steadfast love, even in the difficult place of being in prison. God is present with us. He has been with us. God is with us. And God will always be with us, even in seasons of hopelessness. Even in seasons where it feels like he should not be present, but he is. Can you imagine for a moment Mary and Joseph and their story and their circumstance of hope? That they didn't really even expect this thing to work out the way it did. They had no really expectation that anything was going to come until the angels began to appear to them and speak to them. You could have imagined that this began to feel like a bad situation. That here is Mary and here is Joseph, as we read, a righteous man. And what he had resolved to, what he had resolved to do in his own heart was about to give up on the whole thing. But an angel spoke to him and caused him to go a different direction. It was a really a hopeless situation. But yet he was Emmanuel right there in the middle of their mess, right in the middle of all of this, right in the middle of 400 years of silence. He showed himself right there. God is with us even now. And he wasn't just a dream that said, you're going to name him Jesus. It was a reminder that right now, Joseph, God is with you. Right now, Joseph, you feel this way, but God is with you. It's the Emmanuel principle. And the final thing we're going to see in Joseph's life is an interesting thing because really it wasn't a personal lesson for himself. It was a lesson for his family that he taught others around him. And this is the one that's difficult because here was Joseph, a, a Joseph living for the Lord. Joseph, the, the Genesis Joseph. I guess I should distinguish what Joseph we're talking about. Here he is, the, the, the beginning Joseph, the first Joseph. And now life is beginning to go well. He's been put in charge of some things in Egypt. He's come up out of prison. God has blessed him. The dream that he had that caused his brothers to put him into a pit in the first place is now actually beginning to become a reality. And you know what Joseph does is that now his brothers, they're facing famine in their land and they're beginning to get hungry. And this was the moment they come to Egypt looking for food. And Joseph could have turned them away. Joseph could have refused them. Joseph could have punished them. But that's not what Joseph did. Because Joseph understood that walking with God is understanding that if I walk with God, God walks with me. And Joseph had internalized this so much so that he realized that he says in Genesis 45, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He realized the Emmanuel principle in his life that it wasn't this brother's fault. It wasn't God's fault. It wasn't this person or that person, the Egyptians. It was the fact that God is with me even now in a situation where I thought he shouldn't be. God is with me. So now what happens is the Emmanuel principle is this. Here is his brothers. They have been rebellious towards him. They have betrayed him. They have hurt him. They have done him wrong. But even in their rebellion, there is food left for them in Egypt. And not only that, Joseph tells them, because you did all of that to me, I'm here so that you can have food. If there's ever a story about God's love, that's a story right there. 
that we did you wrong, but yet somehow you reserved food for us. You made space for us. You still welcomed us. And this is really what the Emmanuel principle is all about, that God has been with us, God is with us, and God will always be with us even in our seasons of rebellion. Now, to be clear here, that doesn't make the rebellion right. That doesn't make the rebellion okay with God. That doesn't make the rebellion something that you and I should keep doing in our lives. But what Joseph was doing is that in their season of rebellion, he could say, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. So God is with you, my brothers. Even now, He has sent me here to show you He still loves you. He has still made a way for you. He has still opened up his arms for you to come back to him even in your wickedness, even in when you were doing everything wrong towards God. He is still opening up his arms and making a way and inviting you here to be with him. That's what the Emmanuel Principle is all about, that you and I in our wicked, most darkest places, when you and I have fallen asleep on God, when we have wandered away from the Lord, when we have done wrong towards God, He is still wanting to be our Emmanuel. He is still wanting to be God with us. This is really what the Bible is all about because story after story, even here in Genesis, Exodus, the people of God always refusing their God, always pushing Him away. We don't want that God. We don't want to come out here in this desert. Take us back to Egypt. We don't want you to come and rescue us. Be quiet, Isaiah. Arrest Him. Be quiet, Jeremiah. Don't tell me about how much God loves us. Constant refusal. And even in all of that, God sent His Son. And the word became flesh, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten. And you know what my heart has been really set on as the musicians come this season of Christmas? Is this, come home. Come home. I've just heard those words resounding in my heart because I realize that there are people, many people in our world who are strong believers at one time, who love the Lord with all of their heart, But perhaps a season of uncertainty came in and they forgot the Emmanuel principle. Perhaps a season of hopelessness set in and they forgot the Emmanuel principle. And so they left and did their own thing. But even in those seasons, God is still yearning for us to come back home. Come back home. Hebrews chapter 5 says it this way. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is subject to weakness. What the Bible is saying is that God came and put on flesh to understand our weaknesses. And that even when the moments when we have been wavered and we have just kind of grown lukewarm in our faith, God understands that and he's able to deal gently with us because he's become one of us and put on flesh and we beheld his glory. And if there's ever a story that really just I want to leave you with today, the story that's just been going through my mind as I think about the Emmanuel principle is the story of the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, the Bible tells us the story of a young man who came to his father and decided, now's the time, Dad, give me everything you owe me. I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm gone. And the thing about his story is, is this is sometimes how you and I treat the Lord. Is God, give me what you owe me. 
God, you owe me this thing, that thing. Bless me here, bless me this. And then when we just decide that we get to a place where God has blessed us to our satisfaction, we're out, gone like a light, just out of there. But the amazing thing is that the Emmanuel principle still applied in his life, that a seasons that went on, when he went and he spent everything he had, everything that he had been blessed with, Oh, isn't that a message right there? Everything that he had been blessed with, he used it all to his own selfish gain, and it was left with nothing. He didn't have the story of Joseph. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. It could be said that the prodigal started with a blessing, but ended up with nothing because he tried to do it all on his own. But now here is this prodigal son. And now out on his own, squandering his own. And he realizes he doesn't have any more money. And he realizes that he's all out. So he goes and gets a job feeding the pigs. And then he realizes one day, I don't even have enough money to buy groceries. So he begins to eat with the pigs. And then he comes to a realization one day, you know what? My father is a wealthy man. He's got servants that eat better than me. I'm going home. Now, the amazing thing about the story of the prodigal son is that the Bible doesn't tell us that he went home because he was sorry. The Bible says he went home because he was hungry. He didn't have anything else. He said he would go home and he would repent and say sorry, but really the thing that spurred him to go home was the fact, I know that there's food at home, so I'm going to come home. I'm going to go back home. And you know what he did? He went home. He came home. And the story of the prodigal is this, is that the son, when he got home, he realized his father was still there and had. And not only that, his father came running to meet him. As you know, you've heard the story many times. He came running to meet him. Bring not just any robe, bring the best robe. Set up a banquet. Let's have a celebration. The one who's been lost, he's now been found. He's come home. And the story of the prodigal is this. It's the realization of the Emmanuel Principle is that the son realized his father has always been at home. He's always been in the same place. And even when I walked away and left the place where I knew everything was okay in my father's house, even when everything was my provision there, even when he had left it and was eating with the pigs, he realized if I'll just come back home to where I know my father is at, everything will be okay. And that is the story of Emmanuel, is that when you and I, even when we walked away in our waywardness and we left God and we gave up on God and we abandoned Him, we squandered everything we had been blessed with in our life, God has always been at that place where you and I left Him. And He's still there waiting for you and I. He's still waiting and just there, open arms. His Father wasn't sitting there with His arms crossed. It's about time you come home. It's about time you get over here. Jesus wasn't coming and being born in a manger and saying, now it's about time you guys listen up here. I've come now in flesh and you ought to serve me. No. He came and poured out love. He came and lived among us. Gave his life upon a cross. Died for you and I. Showed himself. He's not just some God that demands our service. He poured out steadfast love. Always. Forever. Always. And continual. And in this season of our world, can I just plead with you today? Can I just plead with you, Christian, who once loved the Lord so much with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but something happened somewhere along the way? What hindered you? I don't know. But something hindered you. But even in our seasons of rebellion, He is still Emmanuel. He's still waiting at home. And He's not just waiting there. 
to punish you. He's waiting there to bring out His best for you. Will you stand with me today? Every eye closed today. I just want to remind you this morning. As I've just been reading over here these words, how tender they've touched my heart today to remind me of what Joseph heard. And the virgin shall conceive, and his name shall be Emmanuel. And I've thought about how many times in my life I'd wondered, God, are you here? God, are you present? I thought about how many seasons when it was just so hard to keep going. I thought about, God, how I look back and you were there. And I've been reminded this morning, God, even when I thought you weren't there, God has always been with us. God is with us. And you know what? I'll be with you even unto the end of the age. This morning, I just want to remind you today, and I just feel the beckoning call of the Father today that God loves you with an everlasting love. And even in your hopelessness, even in your uncertainty, and even in your rebellion, God still loves you. He is still with us. He hasn't left this thing. As a matter of fact, He's promised to come back again. And He's waiting for you today. If you've walked away from the Lord, can I just plead with you today? Come back home. Come home. He's waiting for you. Come just surrender your life again. Maybe you once served the Lord with everything you've got and you just grow, grew lukewarm in your faith. You once used to love the Lord. You once used to pray, read your Bible, and that was the best part about your day, but something happened and caused you to stumble. Can I just tell you today, He's still waiting. He's still waiting today. Just come home. Oh, how He loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you so much so. It doesn't matter. Or anything you could ever do, God will still love you. Don't ever forget it. It doesn't matter what you do. God is still going to love you. Because His love isn't based on your actions. His love is based on the fact that God is love. That's His very nature. He loves you just right where you are today. And so this morning, may I just beckon with you and plead with you. Come home today. Just know the Father loves you with an everlasting love and is petitioning. Hear me, my child. I want you to come home. Come home. Don't live out there in wayward land eating with the pigs, just trying to barely make it by. Come home where you can be safe in the Father's house. And if that's you today, you're hopeless today, you're uncertain today, just plead with the Lord today. I'm here, Lord. I want you today. I need you in my life. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. God, I'm sorry that I, I forgot you. I left you. I'm coming home today coming back to you. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm, not, I'm going to serve you not only like I used to, I'm going to serve you better than I used to. I'm not just going to love you with a lukewarm faith. No, I'm going to love you like with a fiery passion. There's nothing that can stop me now. I'm coming home. Oh, how God loves to hear the plea of His children. This morning, if you need prayer today, you just want somebody to stand with you and say to me, I'm in a season of hopelessness, season of rebellion, season of uncertainty. Just come forward today. We'd love to pray with you. There's no shame today in asking for prayer. Oh, how God does not look that way at you. God looks at you with love and is just wanting, wanting this moment with you to say, come home, come home. Realize even now, please come today. If you need prayer today, we'd love to be able to stand behind you and pray with you this morning. Join with you in prayer. And Lord, today, Father, we come to you this morning and we understand you are our Emmanuel. 
oh God how I can survey and look in all the seasons of my life and know father without a shadow of a doubt Lord the Bible says you are Emmanuel and God may we never forget Lord that you are Emmanuel regardless of my season regardless of what I'm going through it doesn't change who you are your identity is not wrapped up in my circumstance your identity is because you are God Almighty and so Lord today I go out of here knowing that you are with us today you are with me this morning Lord even when I don't feel it even when it doesn't seem like it God today I know you are Emmanuel you are with me right now so Lord today I pray for those who are needing of you today a reminder that every turn in our life the seasons of hopelessness uncertainty and rebellion God may we find you today may we discover you today Lord like the prodigal bring your child home again Lord oh God even if we come Lord just come just come Lord may God you just pull our hearts to you today father and we realize today you are Emmanuel oh how we need you today God today I just want to pray for that person today who has forgot about how much you love them I pray right now you would just cover them in your love today like Zephaniah 317 tells us you are singing over us with love God may you just sing over them with love today just pour your love over them today remind them even now you are present you are there you are here even now in this moment God we thank you today we trust you Lord we bless you we honor you today. Let's sing this morning.